Good morning, everybody. And uh, thank you for uh, being great co-teachers of this class. Um, and uh, that's, that's how I, I see it for sure. Today, you're really going to be co-teachers of this class. So we all probably have, I hope we all have, a general notion of the Christmas story, right? Um, even if all a person knew was what Linus tells his buddies in the Charlie Brown Christmas, you would have the elements of it, right? But our story, our Christmas cards, our Christmas pageants, it does get a little corrupted um, and compress, and some art, sometimes it's simply artistic license to tell a big story in a short period of time and all that. So I'm not passing any judgment, but I want us today to get in our minds the closest as we can come to what we might call the real Christmas story. And so in my mind, I was picturing if you were going to tell your children or grandchildren, let me tell you the story, right? We ought to be able to do that, right? So most of what we know from uh, the Bible, uh, there's some pointing evidence that we'll talk about a little bit, but most of what we know from the Bible is in Matthew 2 and Luke 2. So while we're all doing what we're doing, this is going to be a group project this morning, feel free to consult our authority, right? So look at, go ahead and turn to Matthew 2 and to Luke 2. And I want us as a group to reconstruct what is the truest possible Christmas story in the time that we have in sequence, starting with, I guess we could start all the way back with Zacharias. And ending, say when we when Jesus uh, right before Jesus gets lost at the temple, right? So the the events leading up to the birth of Jesus and pretty much all we know of, of Jesus' childhood, right? So let's start with just a general timeline, and then I'm going to ask different ones of you to kind of fill it in, right? So. In that narrative, I said the, the, the first thing, and this, I guess, goes back to uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Now, I know Daddy covered this. So, what happened to Zechariah? What, what happened? What? It was promised a son. And what was he doing when he got this? What? All right, so it was, it was his time to serve in the temple, right? It was his time to serve at the temple. And it, it, he goes in there and 
It says, there appeared to him an angel of the Lord. So he gets told, hey, you're going you're gonna to have a son. All right, so prophesied a son. What happens next? He didn't believe him, so he's not allowed to speak until the child. All right, so Noah talking. <laughs> then what? Huh? All right, so he wraps up things at the temple. He says, I got to get home. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, so he's got, he's got some, he's got, you know, he's thinking his odds are good here with the angel and everything. And uh, so uh, it says, after these days, she conceived. Um, so it's Elizabeth with child. And then what happens? What? No? What What now? The angel came to Mary. So, and she is told, what? You're going to have a son. Then what happens? She says, what? And she gets told, What's going to happen, and then what? She goes to visit Elizabeth. All right. Road trip. <laughs> All right, then what happens? When she got there, Elizabeth's baby leaped in her stomach. All right, so uh, Elizabeth um, kind of has a sign, so to speak, and she gives kind of a, a song, a pronouncement, right? Uh, so the Holy Spirit came to Elizabeth, and she said some things to Mary, and then what? Mary has a song back. All right. And Mary has a song, and then what happens? That's what we looked at last week. John was born. John the Baptist was born. And then what? Mike? Well, then, he could, then Zachariah could start talking again, right? <laughs> okay, so Zach can talk. And he gives some prophecy, right? And then what happens? All right, so Mary goes back home, right? She goes back home. Mary goes back home. And then she has a conversation with Joseph, right? So if you flip to Matthew 2, Joseph... I mean, he just gets this straight from Mary, right? So by this time, Mary has been prophesied. It was confirmed by Elizabeth. She comes back home, gives Joseph an earful. Then what does he do with that information? 
says, I got to come up with a plan. I love this gal, but this is really embarrassing. Uh, I think I'm just going to find a, a quiet priest to give me a divorce. And that's what we're going to do. And then what happens? All right. And the angel says, what? Right? Uh, let's see. That we're in Matthew uh, chapter 1. Uh, his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. They came together. She was found to, before they came together, she was found to be with child for the Holy Spirit. And her husband, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. They don't fear. This from the Holy Spirit. She's going to be, she's going to bear a son, and you're going to call him what? Jesus. And what else? What other little detail does the angel say? You're going to call him name Jesus, and what? Right. So this isn't just any son. Where's the word? Um, he will save his people from their sins. Yep. Son from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to call him Jesus. He's going to be a savior. All right. Then what happens? Then they have the Caesar Augustus had a decree, and they have. All right. So there. Now Mary and Joseph. They travel to Bethlehem. Because they have to give an accounting, the Caesar Augustus says, um, I need to count. Uh, let's see, decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Caesar Augustus was the essentially the adopted son of Julius Caesar. Uh, after Caesar died and all the turmoil and Caesar Augustus came out, um, he tried to make it such that Julius Caesar was kind of worshipped as a god, was seen as a savior. In certain parts of the periphery of the Roman Empire, he was worshipped as God. Uh, Caesar Augustus would call himself the son of God. Which is kind of, you start to see the irony here, right? One little verse um, in case you encounter some skeptics along the way. In chapter 2 of Luke, it says, uh, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration with Quirinius, who was governor of Syria. So from historical documents, they know when um, Quirinius was governor of Syria. And there was a big accounting but the timing isn't right based on what we know of, at least what we can estimate reliably on, on when Jesus was born. And commentators have reconciled this with the fact that sometimes in the New Testament, the word first means before. It's the same word elsewhere in the New Testament is translated the word before. So you could read this, 
This was before the registration when Quirinius was governor. In other words, um, Luke, pretty, pretty precise uh, guy, uh, was perhaps making the point this was a different registration than the one people may have heard of. So that's a way to reconcile that. So they went to uh, Mary Joseph, a travel to Bethlehem. Uh, as you're thinking through how you're going to tell this story, um, we don't know. You know, there's always a picture of Mary on a donkey. We don't know if she was on a donkey. We don't know how pregnant she was, right? In our minds, we think of her being heavily pregnant. Um, uh, that's not necessarily the case. Um, we know that it would have taken um, uh, five or six days to make that trip. Uh, if they went through the less hilly part of the terrain, which they probably would have done since she was pregnant. Uh, they probably, I mean, they, these weren't unwise people, right? They wouldn't have just waited until right before, at the last minute, let's go make this trip with her being pregnant. So they would have, they would have left probably in plenty of time. In fact, some people have, have said maybe they wanted to go by um, uh, Jerusalem and and go to temple there and then on to Bethlehem, which would have been on the way. Um, we know from later in Luke chapter 2, verse 41, it says, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. So maybe they did this Feast of the Passover, which might have been in the spring. In any event, they traveled to Bethlehem, and then what happens? So they need to find a place to stay. Um, and it says a time came for her to give birth. So we don't know how long they were in Bethlehem. They may have been there a few weeks. Um, it was a busy time of year probably with the registration and everything. Um, now remember, Joseph was, this was his, the reason he went there was because it was his home city. Uh, he may have had some distant relatives that he stayed with. Uh, tradition talks about Jesus being born in a cave. Um, some of the readings I uh, came across said that, that most likely this would have been part of a house. Now, I know even today uh, in Europe there are places where uh, you have like almost like a two-story house where the, um, the family lives in the second floor uh, the animals go in and out and are in the first floor. And um, so some people said, well, you know, this might have been a house for their relatives. Um, uh, and in the area of the home where the, the animals might have been, that's probably where they were. We don't know if there were any animals in with them. You know, all the manger scenes and everything. You see all the ox and donkeys and all this sort of stuff. We don't know if that was the case. Uh, but in any event, they weren't. All we do know is that they weren't staying in a hotel, right? Because if there had been, it's a you know, I guess that was their first choice. Um, so it wasn't a Priceline; it was Verbo, was their choice. If you or Airbnb, if you know what that is. They were staying in somebody somebody's house, most likely. Um, all right, and then what happens?
Jesus is born. The shepherds come see the star. Alright, so we've got a message to the shepherds. Right. So they got visited by an angel who tells them a lot of stuff. Right? Some very specific things. And we, we know from a few verses before that uh, it says um, Jesus was uh, wrapped in, in these swaddling clothes, uh, you know, bundled up and laid in a manger. And the reason for that, the best we can tell, was so the shepherds would know which child they were looking for when they got there. Because it said that's going to be a sign. Verse 12 of Luke 2, this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Now, some commentators stray outside their comfort zone. I saw one that said, well, you know, maybe they did the swaddling so that you could keep their arms and legs straight. That's not why you wrap up a kid. You wrap up a kid tight so they don't cry all the time, right? I mean, in, in, the, in the nursery, I mean... Man, have you ever seen, like in a newborn nursery, those nurses have them tight, <laughs> you know. It's, you wonder, can they breathe? But uh, no, they do fine. Um, so wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Um, and then, so this angel is talking to the shepherds. And then what happens? More angels show up. They're praising God. It doesn't say they were singing. Maybe they were singing. It says they were praising God. We always picture them singing, right? Maybe they were. Verse 15 says, when they went away to heaven, the shepherds said, hey, let's go to Bethlehem. Right? So they go to, the shepherds go uh, to Bethlehem. And then what do they do? Right. So they go and they find Mary and Joseph and and they tell them what happened. So this is really the first kind of divine confirmation that Mary and Joseph get together from a third party uh, confirming. Oh my gosh. Because it says this is going to be a savior who is Christ the Lord. So this would, would kind of pull it all together for them. So they get confirmation here. Shepherds go back and do what they were doing. And then what? Can I interject something? Yes. The shepherds went to Herod first. Where is this king that's born? The shepherds? The shepherds or the magi? The magi. I'm sorry. I'm ahead of myself. Excuse me. All right. Thank you. So, the shepherds, they go away. Then Jesus is circumcised. Eight days later, he gets his name, Jesus. They go then to Jerusalem. When do they go to Jerusalem? It says when the purification time was over. If you look back in Leviticus 12, after a woman had a baby, she was considered unclean for a period of time. It was a different period of time if you gave birth to a son or a daughter. But if you gave birth to a son, then it, was, it works out to be about six weeks like 40-ish 40 40 -ish days. It's like eight days and then 33 more days or something. So six weeks later, they go to Jerusalem, um, and this is where they 
um, they give the sacrifice, um, uh, and, they, and it's a poor sacrifice, right? Um, they, they just get, uh, it says, a pair of turtle doves or young pigeons. This is where they see Simeon. This is where they see Anna, uh, the prophetess. Now, somewhere at some point in time after the birth of Jesus, there are some magi, some wise men, presumably from Persia, it says from the east, and they see a star, and they start to travel. So this is, a, this is gonna take a while, a few months probably. We don't know if they were walking, Christmas cards always show them on a camel, we don't know if they were on camels, maybe they were. Then they go to Herod, and they say, where's the king, right? So we're, we're over in Matthew now. Matthew 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in the days of Herod the king, wise men came, came from the east to Jerusalem. So we have, let's see, shepherds go to Bethlehem. Um, Jesus is circumcised in name. Uh, six weeks later, they go to the temple. Then at some point, probably at the birth, we have a star shows up. Magi see it. They go to Jerusalem. They talk to Herod. Herod consults his, his priest there. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled all Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people. Now, remember last time I talked about the corruption of the religious elite? So here we have, Herod calls in the religious elite and says, so to, what's up with this? Where's this, where's this going to happen? Right? And they said, you know, he said, where is the Christ to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem. So they knew the prophet. All right. So he consults the leaders, and then he goes to the wise men. He gives them this message, and he said, go to Bethlehem. Look all over the place. Um, and when you find him, come let me know. All right. So they go. They find Jesus. And what happens? They presented him with gifts. <clears throat> By the way, how many wise men were there? Correct answer? More than one. <laughs> right? It's more than one. He got three gifts. You know? Maybe only one of the wise men was rich. Maybe he brought all three gifts and said, hey, Joe, help me carry this. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But more than one, and they brought three gifts. Historically, we think there's three because they each carried something. You see how much of that we kind of fill in the really? blanks? It's just types of gifts. So you may have brought some of all three, and so would your buddies have brought some of all Very well. Yeah. Right. It says... 
Verse 11, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him, opened their treasures. They had offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Could they have given him other stuff too? Sure. Maybe there was like cinnamon in there. I don't know. But they gave him at least three things, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then they get a dream. Don't go back to Herod. All right? Then the next thing that happens, an angel goes back to Joseph and said, you need to get out of here. Where are they going? Going to Egypt. Joseph gets a dream. Goes to Egypt. Then what happens? They stayed there for a while until it was safe, right? Uh, let's see. After they go to Egypt, then Herod realizes he's been tricked. He kills sons two years and under in the region in and around Bethlehem. One place I read said that that was maybe um, 20,000 or so people and uh, in, the, in the region. So if you kind of estimate how many would have had sons under two years of age, it said maybe 20, which is still a lot. All right. Herod kills his sons while Jesus is safe down in Egypt. Eventually Herod dies. Um, one of his sons takes over. Uh, you'll see um, uh, the angel comes back to Joseph, said, it's okay. Those who sought the child's life are dead. And he starts to head back, um, presumably maybe go back to Bethlehem because they left in the hurry. They may have left some stuff there. But then he hears that this crazy son of Herod's, Archelaus, was reigning, and he said, you know, I'm not going to go there. Instead, I'm going to head back to my other hometown, to Nazareth. All right? So, see how many details there are? There's a lot. Now, we haven't covered one detail, and that is, when was Jesus born? Right? We all know it wasn't December 25th. But do we have an idea of when it might have been? There's, we, we can make some guesstimates, right? The one thing that we know to be true, it says, and there were shepherds watching their flocks out in the fields, right? You do this when there's something in the fields for them to eat. So pretty much spring to fall. That's that's our time frame. People have extrapolated. The one other date that they really know is they know when it was Zechariah's time to serve because it was Feast of the Passover, right? It was in the spring. He served for two weeks. Because it appears that Mary got pregnant shortly after the angel came to her, it might be a reasonable assumption that Elizabeth got pregnant shortly after Zechariah got home. They say the earliest 
Elizabeth probably would concede would have been the first of July. And then, now we've got another reference point, right? We know six months had, had gone on, and then Mary finds out about Elizabeth. She goes, you put all that together, some people have suggested that Jesus was born in the fall around the time of the Feast of the Tabernacles. All right? The Feast of the Tabernacles, which would be kind of cool. What does tabernacle mean? Tabernacle was the, the portable tent that carried the presence of God among his people. When people talk about, and God tabernacled with us, God with us, God lived with us, this would kind of make sense for Jesus to come live with us around the time of the Feast of the Tabernacles. So some people are saying maybe in the fall. And ironically, it may work out, if you do kind of the math, maybe in late December might have been when Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So that's kind of the timeline. Why do we celebrate December 25th? Do you know? So there was a pope who realized that there was a lot of pagan celebrating going on in late December. He didn't like that. He said, you know what? Let's substitute that. Nobody knows when Jesus was born. Let's say it was this. Now we're going to redeem this holiday. So it's not a pagan holiday anymore. It's going to be a Christian holiday now. And... So there we go. And that's why we celebrate Christmas when we do. Anybody learn anything today? All right. What did you learn? Real quick. I learned that my Fontanini major scene is not right. It's so pretty. It's compressed time. What else? Stuff about Zechariah. What else? We've kind of filled in the blanks just because that's what we do, right? The thing I learned, Herod gathers together the chief priests. Here are these wise men who have providentially shown up from the east and are asking Where's the Christ? Where's the king? And the chief priests come up and they know the prophecy and they tell Bethlehem and they don't go. They don't go. Is that not crazy? I, a commentator brought that. I never even thought about that. Here we have all these people who, they, they knew the prophecy. They knew exactly where it happened and they don't go. Bethlehem was six miles away, and they didn't go. Ah, crazy. I'm still learning the Christmas story. Read it, and read what's there, and don't put the stuff in it that's not there, because there's a lot of stuff in it that we actually leave out. Right? All right. Let's close. Father, we thank you. For this amazing story. We thank you that you give us so many details that it is as rich as anything you've given us. And we thank you for your son, the reason that we do celebrate, even at this time of year. We thank you for Jesus, for the fact that he is our Savior and he can 
and does offer a way for us to be forgiven. In his name I pray, amen. Thanks, everybody.